Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota on Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington. Home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. It's time for the Catholic Hipster Podcast with my dad, Tommy. And our son, Sarah. I hope you like it. What up, everybody? Welcome to episode 30 of the Catholic Hipster Podcast. We finally made it to the 30s, so you can't trust us anymore. My name's Tommy from uh, the west coast of the United States at the GH Asylum on Twitter, and I'm going to say hello to Sarah Vabulous. Hello, Tommy. I guess I'm at Catholic Drinky on Twitter. I know we got to get better about doing our frequent updates. Hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> it's been fun on Twitter the last couple weeks. Um, I guess we got in a I don't know if you were part of it, Tommy, but I got in a Corona fight with uh, that Catholic couple. So, you know. And what's the problem with Corona? Seriously. Uh, apparently, Anna doesn't like Corona. Anna, I mean, you're I killing me. You know, it's like you can't, I don't, I wouldn't pick Corona in my top like 30 beers that I would have. But oh, on mm. a summer day when you're sitting out on a, you know, patio or something, it's definitely fine. I love Corona. That's my secret. Well, you're the drinky. I so know. You it's my secret, like, bad beer that I drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> Let them have their bad beers. Yeah. You know, everyone's got their one secret bad beer that they like to drink. That one's mine. There um, you go. So how are you doing lately? Doing good. Hey, today is the 100th anniversary of the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Holy That's cow, 100 years. So either we're just going to have a great day or the world's going to end. I'm not sure which, but one of the two. Mm, that's really positive for our podcast, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love Fatima. Um, I did not learn about it. This sounds so terrible. Bad Catholic alert. Um, until I was working for a Catholic company in my late 20s. Um, and we were promoting a movie about Fatima called The 13th Day. Um, and it just was, um, really eye-opening for me. And so this movie is really cool. Um, definitely encourage you to watch it and it's great for families too. So it's called the 13th day. Um, it's been out for a few years at this point. Um, probably, um, I would say like eight years. Um, but it's all about the children and you learn a lot about Fatima. And I just think it's a, a beautiful, beautiful miracle that occurred that, you know, our lady chose these, these children, um, to speak with and talk to and no one believed them. But then, you know, by the end, everyone believed them. And, um, you know, Mary's just so cool in that way. Is that movie all black and white? And it, yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah, mostly black and white. There's some color that that comes out like when Mary appears. So it's I think it's I very watched well that done. movie. Yeah, I think yeah. I watched that movie. I think it's like on it was on YouTube years ago. Oh, probably. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. The cinematography is like mind blowing in that. Yeah, movie. they did a really nice job. So I flew around the country um, and promoted it places. So that was super fun. There it is, the 13th day on YouTube. Go look it up and watch it for the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, yes. even though you're probably not going to listen to this on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. God sits outside of time 
so you can watch the movie and it'll still apply. Absolutely. It's, and the movie's by Ignatius Press, if that helps you guys find it a little bit better as well. Today we're talking about pilgrimages, Sarah. That's exciting. That's <gasps> so a very Catholic exciting. thing to do. Especially on the Feast of Fatima because so many people pilgrimage to Fatima. Um, I have not, um, but I know people who have. And I think our friend Leah Darrow is going to lead a pilgrimage to Fatima this fall. So if you've ever wanted to go, uh, get in touch with Leah Darrow and you can go on her trip. There you go. That would be, I'm sure it's a fantastic trip. That would be so cool to go. My goodness. <laughs> I hope that it's like the pilgrimages that I've been on. <laughs> All right. Fill us in. Go for it. What does that mean? Okay. So I've been on um, a couple of pilgrimages. One, I went with, um, this sounds so silly, but one of my friends used to be the campus minister at one of the Catholic schools here. And, uh, they didn't get enough students and parents to sign up for the trip, so she just decided to invite her friends to come on the trip. <laughs> so we went to Rome for seven to nine days, I can't remember, but over New Year's um, a couple years back, um, and it was a lot of fun, um, especially to be in Rome with some friends and, and be there for such a long period of time, uh, and be there for New Year's. And so that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was definitely more of a pilgrimage than um than my other pilgrimage that i've been on um that pilgrimage we even lost the priest for like four hours so that was really oh special <laughs> um it's a long story but it's actually hilarious he took the wrong bus so um but i've also been on pilgrimage to rome greece and turkey um with the catholic guy lino ruli on sirius xm the catholic channel and um that was definitely a pilgrimage, but definitely not a pilgrimage because there was a lot of drinking on that trip. <laughs> that is the definition of a Catholic pilgrimage. You got to have your holy time. You got to have your drinking time. Come on. There's a lot of drinking and karaoke on that trip. The karaoke I could do without probably. Um, well, but see, when the we went on a cruise ship and the cruise ship had karaoke night and we had been drinking, there's no there's no going there's back. No and then back. Lino yeah. actually recorded some of the karaoke and I can't sing for beans. Like I, I can I always like to tell people I can't carry a tune in a bucket. And I sang Girls Just Wanna Have Fun and he Oh played, yeah. He played it on his radio show. That is so awesome. And by awesome I... you mean wildly embarrassing. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it was it. great, I, I, you know, being able to walk in the footsteps of St. Paul, visit um, uh, Ephesus, we went to Corinth, we went to the island of Crete, um, we went to the um, island of Patmos and, and went into the cave of the apocalypse where St. John wrote the book of Revelation, um, just amazing amazing so if you ever have a chance to go on a pilgrimage it doesn't have to just be in europe um tommy and i were talking before the show about people who go on pilgrimages in california to go visit the missions and tommy you've had an opportunity to do that because you live so close heck yeah we go all over the place to the missions around here when i went to school in uc santa barbara it just felt incredible to be able to just go to mass at the mission there oh. which is I know it's always controversial to pick out your favorite mission, but Mission Santa Barbara is easily the greatest mission I in would all agree. California. I have visited that one, and I've had the pleasure of visiting many, and I think that one's the prettiest. It's fantastic. I also grew up down by uh, Mission San Juan Capistrano, and so oh, that yeah. is the one where there's the only chapel that's still standing where uh, Juan, Juan Diego – hello, Marian Feast Day. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm totally – now that Juan Diego's on my brain, I'm dead. 
It's over. It's over. All right, this podcast is done. Junipero Sarah. <laughs> oh, there you Junipero go. Junipero Sarah, for God's sake, that saint. They have the only standing chapel where he ever said mass, and I've gone to no Latin way. mass twice in that chapel, um, mm. and it was just mind-blowing. That's yeah, really mind-blowing. special. That's really cool. I've also gone to mass at the – I'm sorry. I always say this wrong, but the San Luis Obispo. Yeah, you said it fine. <gasps> yeah. You can uh, say obispo, I guess. Oh, but, you know, oh. you're good. That's I'm, good. I've been working on my uh, my pronunciation of that. But I've been to Mass at that mission there, and it's really lovely as well. Yeah, super, super nice. But I went to school in Santa Barbara, so San Luis Obispo is like our rivals. So oh, I didn't know that. It gets even into mission territory. Like their mission oh. is definitely subpar to ours. But yes, oh. there's even some like lesser known missions that are really great, like San Ysidro. And there's just uh, there's Carmel, and there's just so many beautiful ones that – um, that aren't the popular ones that are around that are just incredible. And to think about uh, how Catholicism kind of, you know, brought California to be what it is through that system. And to think yeah. about Junipero Serra walking all that way and then walking all the way to Mexico City to fight for the rights of um, the indigenous people, even though that's not how he's mostly thought of. That's what happened. Um, so it's just an incredible thing. It's really cool. And when you're Catholic, you can also make pilgrimages to maybe lesser known, exciting places. Like we have a Daughters of St. Paul bookstore in Redwood City. Woo-hoo! And we definitely strapped everyone into the van one day and felt like we were making a pilgrimage out there to go see the sisters. So you, you know, can do all sorts of stuff like that. That's the thing is I, I think as Catholics, we can turn anything into a pilgrimage, um, you know, especially if you are doing something that's spiritual along the way. Maybe you're going on a short half day retreat for yourself somewhere. Turn that into a pilgrimage opportunity. You know, it's just wonderful ways for you to ignite your soul and, and just try to live a little bit more simply for a couple of days. So if we could figure out how to turn trips to Chick-fil-A into pilgrimages, maybe that could, you know, encourage us to go more often to Chick-fil-A. Well, but they play Christian music at Chick-fil-A, so... That's a good point, yeah. (laughs) I'm on board. I think we can do that. Perfect. I'm in. Oh, man. So speaking of pilgrimages, we have none other than the pilgrimage master, right, on the podcast today. So you guys are going to be super excited. Sarah, you shared an office with the guy, so you go ahead and introduce him. (laughs) Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, We're going to bring on Mountain Butorak on the podcast today. He is known as the Catholic Traveler. Um, He's semi-famous for having his God... (laughs) semi-famous, mega-famous. My God, that went crazy. (laughs) He is, okay, he's super mega awesome famous for having his goddaughter steal the Pope's hat. So... Yes, that video uh, was fantastic. And it went from like a cute video that he posted, which, you know, most of us that follow him saw, I think. And it was like, wow, that's so cute. And then next thing you know, it was like on CBS and CNN. And it was just insane. Jimmy it Fallon was... and Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Stewart. No, not him. But, you know, <laughs> so we're going to have Mountain on today to talk um, about his um, his life, fleeting pilgrimages, how he got into it. Um, and he lives in Rome now, so just can't wait to introduce you to, to one of my very dearest friends. Cool. So we'll be right back. Hang on to your seats. And your hats. hats. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for a break now. Welcome back, everybody. Um, just so excited to introduce you to one of my favorite people um, on planet Earth, um, Mountain Butorak. So um, welcome, Mountain, to the podcast. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Mountain's like, you're so awkward, Sarah. 
<laughs> oh, Mountain. So, uh, man, it's so good to talk with you. I know we we text and we talk on Twitter and Instagram and all that, but it's great. And just can't wait for our our three listeners to get to know you a little bit better um, and the work that you're doing in Rome. So tell us a little bit about yourself so that people can, if they've never heard of you, where have you been under a rock, but so they can get to know you a little more. Sure. So I am originally from leading Catholic pilgrimages for the past 12 years. But about four years ago, my wife kind of just moved to Rome since I'm always here anyway. And we kind of looked into it and we decided we would give it a try. And so we've been here for three and a half years. And so I'm still group pilgrimages. I've led at this point. Uh, also doing what I call day pilgrimages, which are really like tours of the, the churches around the city. So cool. So cool. So, you know, if you guys have any interest in learning more about what mountains pilgrimages are like, he does frequent updates on Instagram um, all day long um, on the Instagram stories. Um, so it's just really fun. Um, Mountain, I totally forget what your Instagram handle is. Mountain Butoric. Oh, okay. So well, my name. really hard to that's forget that. Easy. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you do stuff under, or you used to at least, like at the Catholic Traveler. Right, right. I still have some stuff there as well, but okay. everything's kind of under my name except for my website, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. So, um, man, what's your favorite? thing that you do on pilgrimage with people whether it's a one of your long ones where you take people to the holy land or i know you have one coming to france or something like that like what's your favorite thing about leading pilgrimages Uh, to experience everything through everyone else's eyes so especially in rome you know i get to visit these churches all the time and have these great meals all the time and see the pope a couple times a week but i mean never gets old for me, but I really enjoy being able to you know, bring people to seeing that for their first time, not the first time they do experience it through their eyes. And that's what really gets it for me. Yeah, that's so, so cool. So I have to ask you, because I've always been dying to ask you, especially since you've moved over to Rome, but you always seem to be where the Pope is. Do you have like a GPS device on him or like, what's up with that? (laughs) Well, um, it's, you know, it's come with years of experience. Um, An intervention when I run into the Pope on the street, because obviously I don't really have any control over that, but that does happen from time to time. People events like the audiences or the masses. Um, it's just experience. I know where to sit. So I know where to get my people. Um, the first year that I lived here, I went to every so every mass audience, um, public ones for sure. And then a few that weren't open to the public. I figured out how to sneak in because uh, I realized that that's possible as well. And I mean, I, I didn't want to take for granted that I lived right next but also I was doing it for research so that when I have people here I can help get them that experience of what I say is high and so it's it's worked out well for me awesome love it so much um 
Man, so Tommy, do you have questions for Mountain? I feel yeah, like I've talked course. way too much. No, you're doing great. <laughs> you're doing great. I how, need to drink some coffee. Excuse me. How is it like adjusting to living in Rome after being in the United States? I mean, it seems like a totally different uh, culture. How long did it take you to get used to life there? Because I just picture it, it's like everyone's eating dinner really late. Everyone's like, which would drive me crazy as a father of young children who wants to eat at 530. So they go to bed really early. And, you know, people are like just a different style. So, like, how was that adjustment moving out there? Different culture. And I thought I already had a good feel for it for, you know, I'd already been trying, I don't know, 15. But moving here was definitely a lot different because, you know, like you said, dinner. I mean, we had dinner at my house, six o'clock, so that the kids would be in bed by eight, um, until 7.30. So that took a little getting used to. I mean, we still cook a lot, but just going out. And sets here a lot later than it does in Atlanta. So at nine o'clock, the skies are still a bit blue. Um, so that took some adjustment. It really took a lot of adjustment getting used to Italian bureau. Um, as you can imagine, Imagine more home than they do in the U.S. And just as an example, when we moved over, it took us nine months just to get internet in our apartment. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was already packing our bags to head home. But it fine. And you know, it's not uncommon. It just it, people go at their own speed here. You know, people still take a break in the afternoon for like a siesta um churches close in the middle restaurants close um after lunch until dinner because they need to take their breaks too you know places yeah, aren't open all day so weird. yeah you have to work your schedule around states. that <laughs> what, what are yeah. we doing in the united states where we're working constantly this sounds really pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah it's very, very nice for sure so mountain you also have um two i guess i would say young children but they're your, your daughters are growing up pretty quick. Um, what's it been like for them to, to live there? And I think you guys are homeschooling them. And, you know, how's life uh, and that change of culture and pace been for, for your daughters? So uh, the youngest, Lily, she just turned eight yesterday. Um, but she has now been in Rome almost half her life, which is kind wow. of crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, Amelia, the older one, she, so she is involved in the scouts here and it's uh, it's a catholic organization so it's not like our boy scout girl scouts um they're actually boys and girls and they're like our boy scouts they go camp right now um they sleep in tents and sleeping bags um but they've loved it i mean they we live next to three of the best so that's always a treat um <laughs> Just, uh, staying up late. Um, their bedtime now is 10 to 11 o'clock. I scandalized some people back. back <laughs> I just you know, fell out of my chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, that's the culture here. The, the people, things. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they really enjoy it. And they are around kids their own age. So the older one more than the younger one. Um, but there's some kids in the neighborhood that they get to see and become friends with. Um, the things they miss most from back home are really just the grandparents. And other than that, they're happy. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's fantastic. They can what did eat you a lot of pizza, so they're probably happy. I'd be happy. I love uh, pizza. Lots of pizza and pasta <laughs> and the occasional sip of wine. <laughs> and green Sambuca, don't forget. Sambuca. That's <laughs> why I'm having some right now. <laughs> awesome. Love that you're drinking the green Sambuca. <laughs> that definitely sounds like the good life. So, Mountain, clue us in a little bit since you've been there for so long and now you live there. Do we have it, like, totally wrong in the United States when we think about what Italian people eat, when we think about, like, how we've transformed pasta over here to be, like, maybe different than what it is in its native habitat? Like, are we missing out over here pretty big? For some Italian restaurants in America, and I don't say that snooty or anything. It's just, it's a completely different food. So our pizza back home is thick and it can feed a bunch of people here one person or super thin very light on this um, and usually just one or two other toppings mm. um as far as pasta as far as pasta my favorite dishes in rome is, which is egg and guanciale which is the cheek meat of the pig kind of like bacon and black pepper and a little cheese and i know if you get it at somewhere like i don't know olive garden or something it has mushrooms the pasta is overcooked and it's completely different. There's, yeah. there's definitely a lot of dishes in America that we say are Italian, but exist in that same form over in Italy. All the Italian food back home, I'll be the first person to open up a jar of sauce and pour it on pasta that I've overcooked. But um, <laughs> it, it, is, it is a lot different than, than here in, in, in Italy. I'm ready, Sarah. Let's pack up. Let's go. Yeah, Mountain, uh, do you, need, you need two babysitters. We're in. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. Although I'm going to stop at at 7:30. <laughs> I'm not babysitting beyond 7:30. Come on, 11 o'clock uh, is just too much. <laughs> you got to get used to the cold. Well, <laughs> That's I, right. I have a back, right. So if you're ready. <laughs> so funny. So, um, Mountain, tell us a little bit about your um obviously you know the the pope hat story we, we'd love to hear about that but any other cool interactions that you've had with pope or his entourage if you will that are just brings to light how truly special your your group your either your group pilgrimages or your day pilgrimages like i just feel like maybe because i'm completely totally biased but i feel like you do the best catholic trips out there and so tell us like some cool stories so that people really understand like how awesome it is to go on a trip with you and why they should immediately book their trip to Rome and call on you. <laughs> well, I agree. I think I do the best. Um, no, no, it's so a lot of you know, tour companies. So you deal with a lot of different people for the Catholic traveler. It's just me. So from the very start, when people sign up for a trip or inquire about a trip, they're when they're here, you know, I meet them at the airport and I'm with them hours a day while they're in the city. And even with my day, day pilgrimages, a three to five hours, depending on which one they book, um, you know, when they arrive in Rome, I check in questions. Actually taking care of in Rome because it can be overwhelming. But um, as far as I get to experience just living here, um, you actually hear the bells of St. Peter's. So we're very close. It only takes about two minutes to walk there. Um, my next door neighbor, so just a couple buildings over, is the Pope's Master of Ceremonies. So if you ever watch uh, a papal mass, the guy that's always beside him, and he was also the, the MC for, um, he's 
right, you know, we see him almost every day on the street, going to work. Um, one of his favorite restaurants is across the street from my apartment. So we get to interact with him. He knows my kids. Um, we're right next to the Swiss Guard Barrier, Swiss Guard a lot. And um, the Pope's translator lives down, and he's a good friend of my family's. Um, we just, it's, it's truly a blessing to be able to, to live right here and not take for granted that we are here because I know quite a few expats that live and they don't really try to get out and enjoy the fact that they're here. And that's the very first night when we moved over, I went to St. Peter's as the sun was setting and I was just praying that God would never let me take for granted the fact that I get to to experience this for the, you know, however long it's going to be. It's been three and a half years, but, you know, we never know. That is too cool. Super so, cool. So, cool. So, Sarah, let's take a break. Then we'll come back and we will, of course, talk about the Pope hat because how could we not talk about the Pope hat? Uh, we'll put Mountain on the Catholic hipster hot seat and we'll see where we go. Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back, you guys. Welcome back to the final segment of the Catholic Hipster Podcast, episode 30. We are going to talk to Mountain now about the Pope hat and his goddaughter because holy smokes, Mountain. I I was I checked Twitter in the morning when I was before I went to work and I saw your post of the video and I thought, well, that's you know, pretty much the cutest thing I'd ever seen. And Pope Francis, his reaction was very Pope Francis-y. It was it was fantastic. But then I got to work. I have a one-hour commute, and all of a sudden, I see the video like on CNN, and my mind is blown completely. <laughs> I mean, what was that like? Hey. So my my god came to Rome, and they had just gotten here the afternoon prior to the Wednesday audience. And so, like any good Godfather, I wanted. Um, we were able to get in the front of this one section that's kind of behind. And so, as taking hands, one of the, the um, people—they're uh, called papal gentlemen. Gentlemen—they uh, asked that they could take her to the Holy Father, and I was like, "Well, yeah, of course." And so he picked her up and handed her over to the Pope, and he just gave her a little kiss. And as he started to pull away, she reached up and grabbed the zucchetto off his head, and everybody laughed. Security—he didn't think it was very funny at first at all. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like oh no what's going on um so i actually have a picture of that it's pretty funny um, but then he started laughing once the pope and everyone else started laughing but then he he handed her back to us and she was like can we go to lunch now and we're like, oh, you just want to leave and go to lunch um but i was i was doing facebook live at the time because i knew you know people would enjoy seeing a kid meet the pope but it that's a hat off his head and i thought I, was, I took a little 30 second clip of it and put it on Twitter. And I think within 20, 30 minutes, I don't remember how long exactly. He called my cell phone and asked if they could send a film crew over to my apartment. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Uh, okay, how did you find it? But sure. Um, and yeah, so then within the next, I think it took them about two hours to get here. And during that time, I had calls from BuzzFeed and from CNN and, and 
uh, the UK and the BBC called. It was insane. I think 98 phone calls or before I went to bed that night. Jeez. And then, yeah, the kind of the funniest one was I had already fallen asleep and I got a call from Jimmy Kimmel's producer. And when I answered, he just said, uh, yeah, this is Jimmy Kimmel's show. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, so they <laughs> wanted to, to put the story on. And then the next day it was on um, uh, Jimmy Fallon and Mark Hamill. Luke Skywalker retweeted it. Uh, the Today Show. And it was just, it was kind of surreal. You know? It's incredible. And I love I the my favorite part of the entire thing is that your goddaughter was like, eh, let's go, let's go have lunch. I, yeah, it's she, just she, such a perfect kid no response to that. <laughs> and and you know we took her to the Vatican McDonald's. That's where she wanted to Oh go. no, isn't that like a heretical place for Catholics to go? <laughs> yeah, I see uh, I see Swiss Guard there, I see Monsignor. Oh, I there. see. So I yeah, so the the church authorities speak out against it on, on Twitter, but when it comes to when they've got a hankering for a Big Mac, they know <laughs> they know where to go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know how it is. So That's convenient. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, the, the video was amazing, and I thought it was really cool because sometimes uh, when you look at the Pope from afar, you think, oh, yeah, he has this persona. Is he really like that? And I think for me, watching this moment was like it was definitely his authentic self was shining forth because it was such a surprising moment for, for everybody, I think. And so it was neat right. to see um, how he reacted just how I would have wanted to see Pope Francis react, right? Like just laughing and so... Uh, just innocent and happy about the whole thing. And so that was really uh, a cool opportunity to see that. What I liked about it too was that it was a it was a happy moment that was shared all over the mainstream media. And usually when the church makes it into the media, it's not necessarily for good things. There you go. And, yeah. And so to hear people like, um, what show was it? I think it was the Today Show. Uh, that's Matt Lauer, I believe. But they were talking about it. And the hosts were saying things like, oh, yeah, I went to Catholic school, um, stuff like that. Or I was raised Catholic, whereas a lot of times it's, yeah, I went to Catholic school. <laughs> it was just a different you know, tone in people's voice. But it was, it was a good lighthearted moment that, I mean, although it wasn't really much for evangelization, it was just it was something. And it was the media I had. It made people it yeah. made people happy and proud to be Catholic for a minute there, even if they wouldn't have been in another situation. So very exactly. well done. And how cool your yeah. goddaughter's gonna think it's so cool when she grows up, my gosh. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> we'll have to celebrate like the one, the five, the ten year anniversary of the Pope Hat incident. So plus you have the shirts, right? I saw you guys were holding up the shirts, so that's yes. pretty exciting. So <laughs> and they showed up, I think this is last week. And he said, oh, I brought you something from home. And it was the T-shirt with her grabbing his hat. And I was like, this is so great. <laughs> so, well, yeah. There's a... All right. Should we do the hipster hot seat, Sarah? You ready? Oh, yeah. So ready. We're putting you on the Catholic hipster hot seat. Sponsored by St. Lawrence, who once said, turn me over. I'm done. On this That's side. Right. Thanks. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. So, uh, so Mountain. Um you know, I hate to really ask you this question, but it's just one of those red wine or green Sambuca. 
Prince Sambuca. Yeah, there we go. You're like, no brainer. <laughs> All right, Mountain. So let's say you had to go into an Olive Garden after living in Rome. <laughs> What's the dish that you can choke down and manage to still take? The salad. <laughs> oh, that's bad, bro. <laughs> yeah, but Very it's bottom bread sticks, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's hilarious. So, um, Mountain, what is the proper time in which you can no longer order a cappuccino? After twelve o'clock is what some people say, but it's eleven thirty. <laughs> all right, all right. Mm-hmm. All right. What is the, your favorite church? In Rome. Oh, you cut out on us. Repeat that. Now I'm on the edge of my oh, seat. The Scala Santa. The Scala Santa, the Holy Spirit. All right. Now why? Just real quick, why? The experience stairs. These are the stairs Jesus climbed when he was condemned to death. And there's always people crying and having conversions. So it's a very powerful place for me too. Well, that does sound good. Wow, Amazing. wow. So what's the, the best pilgrimage that you've ever led? Of course, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, well, we went to Greece, right? Yeah! <laughs> Softball. <laughs> What's something other than grandparents that you miss about the States that you can't get over in Italy? Starbucks and Chipotle. Mm. There you go. Wow, Chipotle. I hope you guys are happy with that yeah. free advertisement. <laughs> Mountain, I'm really curious as to why you miss Starbucks, though, because I always find that when, when I when I come home from Italy, I miss the cafes that you guys have where you can get a cappuccino for a euro. I miss Starbucks cappuccino. I miss the frou-frou drinks. Oh, like you're not going to okay. find a pumpkin spice latte in Rome. You're not going to find peppermint <laughs> mocha. That's what I miss. So American of us. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's only Definitely. been three and a half years, right? So we, he hasn't gotten that out of his system. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the what's the most underrated spot that you would take somebody in Rome that people usually wouldn't think about? Oh, that's a good one. Underrated spot. Don't say McDonald's in the Vatican. <laughs> no, underrated. There's this near Capitol Hill that a lot of people just walk right by and they don't stop to take in all the domes and the sunset and it's a beautiful spot. So maybe that. You heard it, folks. You heard it. So mm-hmm. um, Pope Francis or Pope Benedict? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you went there? Ooh, I have, I have a business to run. Come on. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. No, okay, actually, you know what? Um, what was cooler? Because you were there... Um, for a couple of big, a big events. So you were there when Pope Francis was elected, right? You were in the square for the bells. Is that yes. right? Yep. Um, yes. <clears throat> you were also there for JP2's canonization, right? Right. So what was a cooler event? The election <laughs> of Pope Francis or the canonization of JP2? The election of definitely. definitely. I mean, I, I love it. I love JP2 being canonized, but I don't know. It was, it was, I've been to a lot of canonizations, but I've only been to one conclave, so that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Pretty cool. Just had to ask because mm-hmm. it's uh, like I said, you guys, Mountain is always in the right spot at the right time. It's just so crazy. Ain't that the truth? That's pretty <laughs> amazing. Mountain, you are sure, off yeah. the Catholic hipster hot seat. You did very well. Oh. Very, very well. well thank, you. thank you. Ooh, since it's the feast of Our Lady of Fatima today oh, when we're yeah. recording, why don't we toss out your favorite Marian apparition? What do you... Yeah. 
when you think of the Marian apparitions, which one is the one that connects with you the most? Well, you know what? She, there's a, actually, maybe I could update my, what did you say? The spot that is most underrated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a Marian apparition in Rome that not a lot of people know about. Um, it's for this guy who was in a ch- church, um, Sant'Andrea della Frate, kind of near the Spanish stuff. Not a lot of people realize it, um, but she converted and he immediately was baptized a priest and he traveled to Jerusalem to, to convert the Jewish people. And that's same Cholby celebrated his very first mass. I think that that's my favorite Marian apparition because it's in Rome and Rome is my favorite city. There you go. That's perfect. Bringing it full circle. I love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, well, how can people get in touch with you to book super awesome tours? Um, you know, if they find themselves in Rome, um, so they can, you know, use you to to do cool tours, but maybe also do what my favorite thing is in Rome, the Scavi tour. Amazing. Um, so thecatholictraveler.com is my website, and I have information my groups, pilgrimages, I have information on how to book the Scotty, Vatican Museums, all kinds of things. So for people coming to Rome, and then it's also how to get in touch with me. Awesome. And he's the best follow on Instagram other than Tommy Ty. So no, sure not, even <laughs> <laughs> not even close. It's not even close. You guys need to follow Mountain for sure so you can feel like you're virtually there. Thank you. Virtually. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Mountain. Um, this has just been awesome. So everyone go find Mountain at thecatholictraveler.com and stalk the heck out of him, book trips, and just enjoy <laughs> um, the awesomeness that is his life in Rome. So uh, we will be back from another break in just a second. Well, thanks for coming along on the ride, you guys. That was a really good time talking to Mountain. Sarah, fantastic. Thanks for having Mountain come on with us because it was so cool to hear about about Rome and about the pilgrimages and just about the opportunity that people have to go out there and get the inside look from somebody who knows all the spots. That's super fantastic. Super fun. And if you want to learn more about all the spots, seriously, follow Mountain on Instagram. I know this this past week, Jennifer Fulweiler posted several Instagram stories about why you should follow Mountain on Instagram. So, you know, just join the crowd and do it. Just be like everybody else. And after you do that, and you get a lot of fun when you're like, you know, I'd like some more boredom in my social media. You can follow me at the GH is silent on Twitter and the other places. When that you, you need people. some rap while Tommy's driving home. True. That is true. That does happen. <laughs> and also, Sarah, get on there, Sarah. Where do people go to follow you? You can find me at CatholicDrinky.com. Um, and also, I'm sometimes on Instagram stories, but probably just regular Instagram. But Twitter, Twitter is, Tommy, my favorite platform. So if you're not on Twitter, you're really missing out. That's what I'm saying. I'm with you. It's the place to be, for the sure. The place to be. Um, and also, pre-order the Catholic Hipster Handbook. It is available for pre-order. We are trying to beat the <laughs> record for most 
pre-ordered book from Ave Maria. That's um, right. So, you know, please do that. And um, I say we, I, it's Tommy's name on the book, but I helped write it. So gosh darn hey, it. If I'm you go excited. to the Amazon page, there's two pictured authors on there. It's because it's I requested to be one of the other authors. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. So <laughs> go, go get it, you guys. It's going to be awesome. And I don't, Sarah, I don't know if I told you, but they're going to have it in stores at Barnes & Noble, like Woo-hoo! on tape set up. So That's awesome. Next thing you know, they're going to ask us to, to record our chapters. You know, it's going to be so great. <laughs> That's what I said. They should have us all fly out to record our chapters. That would be super fun. <laughs> super so, fun. But uh, yeah, right. so so do us a solid pre-order the book. Um, and also a good friend of the podcast, Maria Johnson, um, her new book that is something about superheroes. I'm really sorry, Maria, um, is available for pre-order as well. So, um, you know, it's going to be two books coming out in September and it's going to be worth it's going to make your whole September. It's going to be the best fall ever. Go get a pumpkin spice latte, too, and appreciate it, Americans, for God's sake. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Thanks again, everybody, for giving us a listen. Um, Please leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help um, in a number of ways. If you wouldn't mind, please rating us and reviewing us on iTunes. Um, As always, if you review us, I will send you free koozies. So so do it. All right. Take care, everybody. (laughs) Bye, guys. Am I ready? Are we ready? Yes. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.